Hello and welcome to Neutral Wrestling. I'm one of your hosts, Danny, and I'm alongside today, Dan. Dan, how are you, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, Danny. Excited to talk a very good show from last night in Worlds Collide NXT versus NXT UK. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. I really enjoyed last night's show. I'm sure we'll go into it a little bit more later. Um, a little bit disappointed. One of the first times in a long time that I haven't sat up and watched the Royal Rumble, which is probably one of my, my second favourite events of the year. Um, uh, first time in a long time that I, ha- I haven't been able to do it. Um, so I'm going to be catching up with it, trying to keep off social networking all day tomorrow and then uh, catch up with it tomorrow evening. I'll be there soldiering through, 4am job. Um, When we finish this podcast, I'm off to Tesco to get myself some uh, sugary drinks. Um, oh, you 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 get you are, you get drunk off sugary drinks, don't you? Yeah, no, but I, I don't mean sugar. I mean like zero. <laughs> sh- I mean caffeine drinks. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't. If I had like a sugary drink, I'd be asleep. Send me to sleep. I, really? I'll, yeah, I like. I'm wide awake for 20 minutes, and then as the sugar fades, I'm just like. Um, but yeah, I'll be getting myself a nice little crunchy for the show. Crunchy best chocolate bar in Britain. Oh, love them. Mm. Oh, really? oh, no, no, it depends how you eat them, Danny, right? I, I used to just no, chew them. It's no biscuit boost, to be fair, lad. Nah, I've gone off then. They give me t- toothache. You've got to have a uh, bit, suck the chocolate off, and then you're left with that honeycomb. And uh, do you know what got me into it, Danny? Jim Royal. Jim Royal was sat, were always there on the Royal family, and they're all sat there munching a crunchy, and I thought, they make that chocolate bar look so good. And I've, since then, I've been hooked. My ass. Right. Yeah. We're going to get down to it, mate. Um, did you watch the pre-show? No, I didn't. What was it? Me a year against Kaylee Ray, was it? Yeah, it was. It was. Now, bear in mind, I just, um, before this, I was half watching um, the WWE's NXT UK takeover. Um, and I've got to be honest, the bits I saw, very, very impressive. Um, so I'm going into this with a little bit of wrestling already, so I didn't want to... I didn't want to pay too much attention to it because, you know, you can get that fatigue if you're watching so much wrestling back to back to back and it's not a big show. So I watched, uh, I missed about the first two or three minutes of this match. Um, it, it was it was a decent decent match. Kelly Ray looked very, uh, very good and was made to look very good. Proper heelish tactics. Um, a roll up for the win on the game. And, you know, normally where you, you sort of do the, I think it, it used to be like a reverse O'Connor roll, um, where you end up bridging on your neck and holding holding your arms behind your head to get the pin with the yeah. legs wrapped up. Well, she did that, but she kind of did it against the. She was half draped against the ropes, not something I've seen before. Holding onto the ropes with it like a back, basically on the second rope. Uh, referee didn't spot it, and she, really good heel win for her. Nice, sounds good, sounds good. I saw her in the crowd later on with the uh, other half, Keith Lee. But um, yeah, so you, as for you, I don't know if we spoke about this on it. I know we did before. You stayed up last night to watch the show, whereas I watched it this morning, avoiding all spoilers. Um, I thought to myself, do you know, what? did this get you into the show for me? I was sat ready to watch it, right? And I'd seen people running it down on Twitter last night, like, oh, it's not really a big show, this. And then straight away, that video package to open the show with Winston Churchill in the background. You had some heavy metal music in there. I thought, what a great opening video package. Reminded me of like an old school um, WWE style sort of video package back in well, the day. 
No, do you know what? It actually had the reverse effect on Really? It. Because you've got Churchill's famous war speeches and the, uh, the, the, the fight was between that they were promoting was obviously Imperium and um, Attitude Era. Uh, sorry, the, but yeah, this is a good start, isn't it? Uh, the Undisputed Era. Um, now, the Undisputed Era made up of a group of Americans oh, I know versus, what you me this. versus a group of German, Austrian and Italians um, who were actually the people that Churchill was talking about. Um, so I don't see how the relevance of that speech played well. I can see it playing well in a different circumstance, but it wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't really for me, um, but it was, you know, it, it put that in a different, in a bit different circumstances. It would have been a really good video. Um, I know but, what you're saying, Danny, because that got me thinking when uh, the next match, the first match comes out. I was actually thinking that, but I thought I love the video package anyway. Anything that has a bit of metal music in these days, when you listen to the pop songs that WWE use, plus Churchill, I'm a big fan of like some of the uh, Winston Churchill films that have been out recently. But um, when I come out, it's Finn Balor, Ilya Dragunov. You've got a Russian representing the UK. And then you've got Finn Balor, who's Irish, representing yeah. the US. But, um, no, I, I mean, it, it's taken on NXT UK versus NXT. Um, they should have got, I'll be honest with you, they should, depending on where they go with NXT, it might have been an idea to have called it NXT Europe because all the best yeah. wrestlers from Europe are going there. Um, you know, it, it may have its detractors, but anyway, moving off from that, that's my little complaint. Um, I look forward to things like this because I realised last night there's been no, there's been very little build to it. And something I realised when, when I look and I, I talk about the wrestling that I like, Ring of Honor, the glory days, and um, UWFI, this kind of hard-hitting, strong style, um, and, and, and New Japan, there's there's very little in the way of storylines. I don't mean that in, in, a, in a nasty way. What I mean is with New Japan, there is always, there's always a story, but it's usually reserved for the big the big storylines and the time they put the money in is usually reserved for the top two maybe top three matches on the card um i don't always like i don't think storyline is necessary for every single match um I, you know one of my favorite times was looking back over the one of the i was watching the other day rivalries on the wwe network stone cold versus vince mcmahon that was fantastic and it brought other wrestlers into it, like The Undertaker and Mick Foley, Stone Cold, obviously, you know. And that's great because I loved watching that live through it. But you don't need a storyline for every single match that's going to be on a pay-per-view, in my opinion. And I think because it was quite thrown together, it's a NXT versus NXT UK. Let's just go at it and see who's the best. It really appealed to me, and that's why I was looking forward to the show so much. Yeah, well, for me, Danny, you're speaking of build-up. I think this is one problem with this opening match. I mean, I, d- I didn't necessarily need the build-up, but I think, as we, we've seen Ilya Dragunov live, Danny, right? And I don't think the character of Ilya Dragunov is one that you can just send out there cold with the audience. We saw it a bit of Progress Wembley, where they didn't really seem to get... Well, it felt watching it on On Demand. They didn't really seem to get Ilya. It was all for Pete Dunne. Whereas, so, the, 
all they did on NXT TV was they just showed one video package of Ilya Dragunov. Whereas for me, I think they needed to have, even if he wasn't like feuding with Balor in this, just have him have a match on NXT TV, have him have a promo or something. It was one two-minute video package. And I just felt like the crowd, the reaction from the crowd for this match was, you had Ilya is a face on NXT UK TV. I'm pretty sure of that. And you've got the heel Finn Balor and the whole crowd are cheering Phil Balor Phil Balor, who's a Finn Hello, Balor. Phil Balor. And then you had Ilya Dragunov, that they weren't really reacting to him. It weren't like he was the heel. They just weren't. There was no reaction to most of Ilya's stuff. And for me, that just point of Ilya is great character. He's got some great features to his personality. So if you just get him on NXT TV, I think the US audience would have reacted a little bit more. Because as we know, he's great, Ilya. I, I think he's fantastic. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, another thing I noted, Danny. I want to get your opinion on this because I was. Can I just can I just weigh in on that particular thing as well? I, I, I do agree with you. Um, the, the another the, the other facet to it is that Americans don't generally warm to Russians unless they've got a bit of background. You know, they need to know a little bit more, as you say. It's like like to a great degree us with Germans um, or more historical. Like the UK, the Germans were always sort of the the villains, and you go, you know, you go back to the, to, the, to the Second World War. But this is the Cold Cold War that the US revert back to with Russia. So there, if you put a big red symbol up and you have a hammer and sickle, and there's a Russian guy coming out called Dragonov, then that that is not going to get you a pop immediately. If the people in the crowd, and bear in mind this is a much bigger show than it would be a full sale. Now a lot of the guys who watch full sale, I'd say about 50-50 would probably watch NXT UK. But you're going into an arena where maybe 20% of the people, and that's probably being generous. Yeah, very about, generous. No, it is. So you're right, there should have been more of an introduction, and it maybe wasn't the best the best cards to put him into. Um, and as I say, it, 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 it detracted from Finn Balor's heel work as well, which has been excellent um, since he's been back in NXT. When he's being cheered and he's, you know, he's supposed to be playing the heel and still tried to play the heel, it doesn't help. Um, yeah. What did you think of the actual match? The oh, match? Sorry, you were going to make a question. Points. Yeah, basically, right. So obviously, I can read what you're saying. Like, in, especially in WWE, you've been taught to without like sounding racist, you've been taught to boo the foreign heel. That's basic, yeah. that's traditions of WWE. Um, but for me, I, I was watching Balor's entrance, Danny. I think he was the first personnel. And he's doing, you know the polls that the crowd love to do with him? And he's doing it, and I know Ilya hadn't even made his entrance. He's doing that polls, and I'm thinking, he's getting the crowd on sack. Do you know what I mean? I, for me, he should just walk out and refuse to do the polls that yeah. like instant heat. Instead, he's doing the polls. The crowd get to do the polls that they love to do with him, and that's straight away they're like sort of behind him for me. So I don't think he should. Although his entrance is a bit more cockier than usual, he's still doing that polls, and I, I'm not a real proponent of it. But as I say for the match, Danny, I, I think the, as much as I always shit on the NXT UK crowd, I think if this match would have took place at one of the UK takeovers, it would have been a lot better. The crowd would have been hotter. Um, the match for me, Finn Balor, I was saying uh, to someone before, Finn Balor's work in WWE, he sort of like you can rely on him to give you that three and a quarter, three and a half star match. He'll have a good match, but I'm still waiting for that classic WWE Finn Balor matches, like the matches he had in New Japan. Whereas he just seems for me to be, 
he's just like a good hand in WWE. Go out there, he'll have a good match, but he's never going to give you anything great. Um, but yeah, it was a good match, Danny. But for me, uh, I yeah, Balor wins was... convincingly. Done it really with his Dragonoff did get a bit of a fe- off, off offense in, but Balor just wins with his coup de gras. 19-16, and that's it. Match over after about what 12 minutes or something. Yeah, well, the the the, the thing that that, that that got me, I was going back and forth with Tebs, and we, we because we were both staying up, we stayed out of the, the podcast group. But um, and I said after this match, decent. It was a decent match. It was it. Yeah. It wasn't a bad match. Um, but because of the people involved, um, I didn't um. I, I, I was expecting more. Um, what I, I am a bit disappointed about is that Dragunov didn't get to do the Torpedo Moscow, um, which is a fantastic move. Now, you might think to yourself, well, why do it? And then for, for Finn Balor to kick out and win. But it could have been sort of where he knocked him out the ring and not necessarily been able to get a pinfall or something along those lines. But I, I would love to see. I think it would have got him over more with the crowd because there was there was a, there was changes to him as the match went on. The people more people were clapping him, but certainly not to the extent that they wanted to. In terms yeah. of Finn, ba- Finn Balor's entrance, um, who's his boss in NXT? It's Triple H, mm-hmm. and what they always said about Triple H when he was in his pomp. When he was the game and he was the heel and he was destroying people, was why give a heel a hero's entrance? But he still always did, whether he was heel or babyface, he comes in on his motorbikes at WrestleMania. And if he's not at WrestleMania, he's coming in spurting water with the spotlight and um, motorhead playing. You know, it's still a, he- a hero's entrance. And again, that seems to be the case with Phil Balor. You're right, it should be changed. It should be changed as of the next match he wrestles. Yeah, definitely. Um, next, Danny, we get um, a bit of a... You've got Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle going against the grizzled young veterans, sort of a bit like a hyping their matchup on Wednesday. They had a really good segment similar to this on NXT <laughs> TV. Um, I love when Dunne like, Riddle's going to smoke him. Wait, Riddle, <laughs> Riddle is just... The, this tag team, yeah, I'm all for this big Matt Riddle singles run, give him the belt. This tag team's great. Pete Dunne's known as like, do you know what I mean? He's not really one for words, is he? And then you've yeah. or much personality. And then you've got Matt Riddle, who's just oozing charisma. I think they make a really good tag team together. And um, I'm looking forward to hopefully at one of these takeovers we go to, maybe seeing Dunne and Riddle against, say, Undisputed Era or against DIY. So, yeah, I really do like the team of Dunne and Riddle. Got to give um, Zach Gibson his due as well. Whenever he's on the yeah, break, that's great. That boy just creates heat everywhere. I give him a mic for seven minutes. You know, you just you're not going to be disappointed with him. Even even plays well well to a foreign to a foreign audience. I remember the first time Progress went over to America, and oh. it was this high school gym in New York, and he was supposed to be fighting Pete Dunne actually, um, but Pete Dunne got injured and he ended up fighting Jack Gallagher. Um, and the amount of heat that he got in that building was absolutely unreal. So it means he can do it abroad. It means he can probably do it on the big stage. It was a great little spot, interview section. And what I'm looking forward to more than Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle as a tag team is the inevitable breakup when Pete Dunne turns on them yeah. and a feud, a feud that might come off the back of that. That's what I'm looking for. I've not even thought of that. That'd be great. I saw that. That's how I got into Fight Club Pro, Danny. 
Um, I remember seeing like an advert. I, I think I was messaging you saying, have Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle ever had a singles match in this indie boom period? And you was like, no, I don't think they have. And, <laughs> um, wrong person to ask, by the way. Right, yeah. And uh, you know, it was definitely you leading up to New Orleans. And uh, then I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, it's come up here. Pete Dunne, Matt Riddle at Fight Club Pro. So I drove down to Wolverhampton specifically for that match. And they gave a 10-minute match where... You could tell they were saving. Do you know what I mean? I drove there for that match and it was literally halfway through the show. Throw away. But um, yeah, that should be good. Now, the next match, Danny, um, was for the Cruiserweight title. Angel Garza versus Isaiah Scott versus Travis Banks versus Jordan Devlin. Going into this match, I thought it was a formality that Angle Garza would win because he's so over with the NXT main audience. And I'm watching this match, Danny. And it's a great match. Look, for, for a flippy floppy match, it's one of the best sort of matches you'll see. And oh, I'll, yeah. I had my phone next to me and I'm thinking, oh, as soon as this match finishes, I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to post a tweet saying, Jordan Devlin needs to be getting himself on this main roster or he needs to get himself to AEW where people are going to notice his talents and he won't be underappreciated. And then what would you know it? Jordan Devlin wins the match. And literally, Danny, I was getting ready. I don't know. I'm not really... I obviously I didn't cheat her, but I was sat in my chair like, get in. Because it just to me shows that Devlin winning this match, as I've put on Twitter, it just gives you that little bit. People are saying, oh, it's only the Cruiserweight title belt. doesn't mean anything. But it just lets you know that Triple H and the bookers at NXT do realise what a talented wrestler Jordan Devlin is. And I think Triple H saw that match between Bay and Devlin at TakeOver Blackpool. And he's watching it thinking... Why am I not doing anything with this Jordan Devlin? And then two weeks later, Cruiserweight champion, and he's hopefully going to be on NXT TV, maybe even on TakeOver next month. So, yeah, I love this match. Really did like it when um, I went four stars on it, Danny. Did you enjoy it as much as me? Yeah, I really did. Um, I've got to say that I thought that both Isaiah Scott and Travis Banks both both played perfect Oh, how can we say this? Uh, distraction um, to this match as well. I, I think the two of them deserve an honourable mention as well as Gaza. The fact that they helped get this match over in a tremendous way and has set Jordan Devlin off on his sails in a nice way. Yeah, definitely. Can I just say what I thought, Danny? Was I, I loved it. Just I loved this. You don't see this a lot, right? So... We're taught that if someone in like one of these multi-man matches, yeah, someone will hit the finish and the guy will always break up the pin. If you can see someone making an attempt to break up a pin, 99 times out of 100, they break it up. I love yeah. the fact that he had Garza going to break the pin and I'm sat there thinking, oh, he's not got it. And then when he doesn't, Garza doesn't quite intercept the pin and the referee counts three, that makes the moment of Devlin winning even more shocking and like happy because you could see you could hear that sort of noise from the arena like not quite obviously on the level of the undertaker brock lesnar match but there was a noise definitely coming from the crowd of oh you know that shocked noise which i just thought was a nice little touch to add to the finish of the match exactly and not only that it was jordan devlin's immediate reaction to the three counts um his elation the, the the changes in his face he was up straight away celebrating um it, it was it was done small small things like that and these are things the triple h and it's not just triple h it's the team there at nxt are realizing and they're doing very very well um subtleties but yeah 
it was it was a great great way to end the match. Uh, a little bit of excitement during the end as well, something we're not used to. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, they get Devlin on NXT TV now. Because as much as I know I like joke about, well, I'm half serious. Well, I am serious. That NXT UK isn't going to get anyone over. Realistically, it's not really going to get anyone over to the main audience, the main people you're targeting. So for me, someone like Jordan Devlin is what I want to see on NXT TV. Mixing it up with the likes of, I don't know, you, you think of all the talent in NXT. But next, Danny, we have DIY versus Mustache Mountain. What were your thoughts on this match? you enjoy it? Yeah, no, just going back to what you were saying there for a very quick second, I, I thought the same, and you, 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 whenever anyone looks back to the WWE, CW, they just thought, oh, trash. They, they'd rather forget about it. But it launched the careers of C, C, in WWE of CM Punk, Kofi Kingston, The Miz, and loads of other people as well. Um, so, you know, the, the, that can be that can get them ready. It can get them ready for NXT by they know the camera angles, they know where to look, they know the way that NXT wants it. Um, but yeah, the next match, DIY versus Mustache Mountain, um, straight from the off. Um, it was great to see these two teams. Mustache Mountain, their entrance is absolutely fantastic. These guys just radiate so much easy to like uh, characters. The whole crowd was into it. And then you've basically got a face versus face team here because Gargano, such a good wrestler, Tommaso Ciampa on the return. And it was, <coughs> excuse me, uh, you know, not, not long returning, looked fantastic. The physique on Ciampa is absolutely extraordinary. And two well-liked teams, they both realised that from the start, the little interactions between uh, Trent and uh, Champa and Johnny Gargano and Tyler Bates were nice, but it also didn't take away from the elements of competition. So it was a really good way to start the match, and it just progressed from there. I honestly thought, as soon as that match had finished, it was a good 20 minutes, and I honestly thought, nothing's beaten that tonight. Right, right. See, I, I did like it. I probably liked it as much as the Cruiserweight title match. Um, for me, the the start of the match, I did I did like it, yeah, but I just felt like the comedy stuff sort of, and the respect stuff, it was good for the first couple of minutes, but I thought it just went a little bit too long. Like, I was sat there thinking, are they laying this out to be a 30-minute match or something? Because it seemed to go on for quite a while, but it, it did play out well. Um, but, yeah, it was... I thought it was a really good match. It really did pick up the second half of the match. Some great action. Bate just showed what a talent he is. Everyone was great in this match, really. Um, but yeah, I think Bate, Danny, he needs to. I think he needs to be on NXT proper for me at some point. Um, I love with the amount of history that's happened with um, Champa and Gargano. When you see them two teaming up, it just feels even more special. I think with the history yeah. that we've seen between them. Um, and I think this this feud between them two could go on five, ten years. Do you know what I mean? You could have this. They could have a match at any point and it'd be massive. Um, could so be the new, the new Randy, Randy Keith Orton and uh, John Cena. Uh, I was thinking more maybe Triple H, Shawn Michaels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not, actually. 
But um, yeah, as I say, I think this is the best sort of match you could get for a match being based on respect. Obviously, you can't have real great storytelling in a match where there's no real heat or anything like that. It's just a respect match. Well, you can, but not to the extent of some of the great storytelling matches. But nonetheless, I thought they gave a really good performance. Um, It was everything you wanted the match to be. Um, DIY got the win, Danny. And I was thinking, like, they're not really the consistent tag team whereas Mustache Mountain seem to be teaming together all the time so maybe we're going to see more de- Tom Phillips did mention on commentary this would be a one-time only thing yeah. but for me I'm thinking maybe we might see this go a little bit longer but at the same time I'm part of me hoping for a Gargano Champa match at NXT Tampa but we well, will see. I think what what commentary team did well in this match and in the following match as well was talk about um the levels of each team. So they were talking about the likes Johnny Gargano and Champa hadn't been together for a while. There's the animosity. Is there any animosity left between them from the feud? And then they were talking about how Mustache Mountain had consistently been a tag team and they've been good friends, but they haven't had any experience in terms of big matches and big events that DIY have had. Um, and this, this, I, and I thought the storyline actually was excellent, the way they played off the respect angle, but competitive respect. It's a different way, and it's not gonna it, it's not gonna ring true with all people. Um, but going into the next one, I think again the commentary it, it made it seem legitimate. It's what sports commentators talk about when you're talking about the Super Bowl next week. Um, and you can say, well, this quarterback's got um, got the experience of winning two Super Bowls. This quarterback hasn't, but he's young, he's youthful, he's you know. This is the kind of shit that sportscasters talk about, and it seems to be a, a little bit of a forgotten trend sometimes in wrestling. So again, it goes into Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm talking about Rhea Ripley's the champion. She's been dominant recently. But the overall experience has to go to Tony Storm. It was involved in the match, and I really liked that because it was what we were talking about on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. We were talking about on the preview podcast, weren't we, that like a year ago, Tony Storm seemed to be the one you'd yeah. think it'd be more likely to be in Rhea Ripley's position. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought they was really good on commentary, those two. Dan. I was always a big fan of Tom Phillips. I was surprised that they took him off the main roster. For me, I know you're a big... Um, Maro fan. I'd like to see Tom Phillips on actual actual commentary for the mainstay on NXT. But uh, Nigel McGuinness, when he when he he had me, uh, and then when he mentioned that he sees Trent Seven as the Jeff Hurst, I was thinking, come on, <laughs> Jeff Hurst won us the World Cup, but then he redeemed himself because when Tom Phillips um, called what we know as football, he called it soccer, which it is not soccer. <laughs> And then we had Nigel McGuinness go, no, it's called football because you kick it with your foot. I was going, go on, Nigel, tell him. <laughs> I didn't, didn't, I mean, I, I, I'm not a, I, I like, I will try and watch the Super Bowl every year. But other than that, I don't watch it a great deal of NFL. Um, but that Pat McAfee, um, uh, he, he said it's about kicking it. And he said, oh, Pat McAfee used to kick it well or something. So I'm not sure whether he was a kicker in American football or, I don't know enough about the game to, to go into it, but um, then McGuinness said, I don't believe he was that good either. Um, so a little uh, a little crack at uh, that. Did you, oh, another thing as well, whilst we're on about Pat McAfee, did 
did you hear how much uh, Sam Roberts was getting booed? Oh, you wouldn't? You didn't watch the pre-show? No, no, I didn't watch oh, it. Oh, man, the amount of shit he was getting in the pre-show, because they did, um, they used house mics, so everyone in the arena could hear the pre-show, um, and constant, constant boos for Sam Roberts, which I'm made up about, because I think he, he's a fucking fraud, he's stealing a living. Um, you know, I, I think I'm as, I'm as qualified to talk about wrestling as he is, so, yeah, whatever. Yeah, correct. I just connect, Danny. I'm, I know this is like, you know, Kobe Bryant, the basketball player? Yeah. He's uh, died in a helicopter crash. Oh, are you joking? No. Sorry, I know. I just can plaque no, up. No, really. no, it's big news. You know what, I mean? what? It just says here, Kobe Bryant dead, dies in helicopter crash 31 minutes ago, Daily Mail, TMZ. Oh, what a shame. Flipping heck. Three other oh. people... Died in his private helicopter when it went down. Oh. He's only he's only like he must only be like early forty, early to mid forties. He he must be he must be on late thirties, early forties, definitely flipping it. Anyway, we're gonna have to carry on talking about wrestling, but. Anyway. Well, well, that's big news. I'm uh, sorry, I didn't want to. I couldn't not. Make... I know it is. It's it's. That's yeah. massive. Yeah. Um, that's what we were talking about. Um, <laughs> even talking about it now. But um, Rhea Ripley against Tony Storm. Uh, Rhea Ripley retained the belt as expected. Um, but yeah, it was all right match, Danny. When it was nothing great, but it, I thought it did its job. It was a deal, like, much like the opener. It, it was a fine match. Didn't need to be. Do you know what I mean? It was never going to be like a classic or anything. But yeah, good match. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it was, and again, it was. You can't say you can't really say that there was a narrative or anything like that. Um, but it was um, it, it just showed that they tried to play it off, as I say, as the experience edge against the uh, dominant champion. It was a decent match. Um, it, it was fine. I think that we can move on from that. There's not much more to say about it. No, it was just. Uh, they had a similar match at TakeOver Blackpool um, about 18 months ago. It always feels like in the matches they're sort of saving something for like further down the line, but I don't really see them. This was more really to get Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair having their stare down after the match. Um, we also had Tegan Knox attacking Dakota Kai. I think this was before the match. Um, and then we had Finn Balor attacking Johnny Gargano. And Tyler Bate made the save. So I think we might be getting a Tyler Bate Finn Balor match maybe on one of these NXT tapings in the next few weeks. So that should be interesting. Main event, Danny. Imper- I can't even say the word Imperium. It's Imperium versus Undisputed Era. Um, you enjoy this match as much as me? Imperium. <laughs> Imperium, as Wallace says. Oh. Um it was the match of the night for me. I thought that the tag t- the tag title match would take it. Um, I think it speaks volumes about the level of performance throughout this match that when uh, Alexander Wolf um, was knocked out, legitimately knocked out, um, and there was that pinfall which looked dreadful because he couldn't kick out. He was, you know, they, they tried to hide it as best he could. But it was just ignored. The commentators ignored it as well. Um, it was just ignored. They explained the situation and then they moved on. Um, you know, I think it was it was dealt with really, really well. And the the performance after that, some of the shots, some of the the moves, the fluidity of everything, the storytelling in terms of 
isolating one or another from the team was really, really good. Fabian Eichner. Well, He's amazing. I, 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 I've seen him. I remember seeing him at Progress and just thinking, um, this was after, I think he'd been in one of the Cruiserweight Classic or something that Zack Sabre Jr. was in and stuff like that. And he'd come back and he was just wearing like white trunks, just dead, dead plain. But he was, he's an impressive looking guy because he's a big, big guy. You don't realise how big he is until you, you stand next to him or you see him in, in person. And to be able to do the, some of the moves that he does with, with, it, it, you see Brock Lesnar doing the, um, the 450 and it looks, it looks tremendous because of his size, his size. You see, a guy who's not quite that big, but still bloody big and still bloody built, doing some of the stuff he does, and he does it better than cruiserweights at times. So fair play to him. I think he's an absolute superstar in this match. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you pointed that out because I, I I've got that in my notes that I thought he was just great in the match. He he stole the show on NXT TV, Danny. Um, Pete Dunne, Matt Riddle against Aikner and I keep calling him Axel Dieter. Um. Martel 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 <laughs> yeah but yeah he stole the show in that match on NXT TV and he was great again here um I I was sat there thinking I'd love to see him go do you know what I mean again I know he's stable mate a Walter but I'd love to see them two go at it but um yeah this was just a great match weren't it Danny I mean the Walter and uh, Kyle O'Reilly spots I thought were great the way um O'Reilly sold that slap from Walter was just brilliant it, what can we say we can't go move for move it was just a great match, and I, I really liked the fact that they put Walter over at the end of it. This felt sort of felt like it was a theme of the night without like burying NXT too much. They wanted to get these NXT UK wrestlers over, and I was thinking, although I probably won't ever watch NXT UK weekly, if I was like an NXT fan, well, I am, but like if I was like, do you know what I mean, not bitter against NXT UK, and I'd, I'd think, Meh, maybe I might try this NXT UK, there's clearly some talent in there. Um, but yeah, just a great way of putting Walter over. Uh, it was interesting he pinned Bobby Fish and not Adam Cole. I was thinking, was that done? So then we didn't get a Walter Adam Cole match maybe um, later down the line. But it was just great, wasn't it? I loved it. It was a great ending to the show. Um, just a great match. Um, was it your match of the night, Danny? Then it, it really was. It was, uh, and I think it was. It, it was made extra special by the fact that you know. This wasn't the planned out match. Yeah, definitely. And it, it still went off. And as I, as I said when we, we were previewing this, this does not hurt uh, Undisputed Era in any way, shape or form. Even with them going down to three men uh, at the beginning of the match, it doesn't hurt them at all. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, as much as I enjoy him as part of Red Dragon, as much as I, I enjoyed him, as part of um, Undisputed Era, this the guy's got to got to be given a, a solo spot because I've never ever seen it going back as far back as Ring of Honor 2004, 13, 14, uh, when he was in PWG. The guy just never disappoints. No, he's great, and I'd love to see him have a singles run. And don't get me wrong, Undisputed Era, I, I'm really enjoying. The, the faction at the moment but somewhere down the line once once that splits up give him a give him a give him a singles run but then again there's the, the I suppose there's always in that company the opportunity to see him end up like Cesaro 
Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I put a tweet up the other day speaking of Cesaro, going, you're not doing anything with him. <coughs> yeah, just shove him in a tag team with Chris Eero. Can get Kings of Wrestling back. Do you know what I mean? It's another great tag team you can add. Yeah, but nice. don't think they will do that anytime soon. But yeah, Daniel, like you said, great match. And I think that's all. It, it made it a non-WWE sorry, uh, formula type match because they had to work around. They weren't just like going over through the spots. They had to work around the fact that they were a man down. Um, but yeah, it was a great match. I mean, the show overall, I thought for two and a half hours, yeah, I've had I've star rating wise, whatever. I've got three matches at around four stars and it's like, for two and a half hours, what more could you want? It was a great Saturday night show. Um, I thought the crowd were a bit quieter than maybe the usual, but that may be to be expected with the fact that they weren't, um, didn't know some of the NXT UK guys. But how impressive, Danny. Was well, they were, pro- they were probably expecting, when people booked this, yeah, it was they were probably expecting away. a takeover, weren't they? You know? um, yeah, but... I mean, Walter, for Walter to be as over as he is, given he's only really been seen on the odd NXT um, and then NXT UK, and everyone knows who he is in that audience, I think, if I know he doesn't seem to want to go over to the States, but he'd be great addition to NXT TV, um, like a lot of the guys in NXT UK. He'd be a great addition anywhere. Um, yeah. My, my, my thing about, about him was... We never got to see him properly in Japan. Um, we saw uh, we saw bits and we we'd seen him in uh, New Japan when they visited in Altrincham, I think it was. Uh, or you you didn't come to that one. Um, but to see the likes of him go up against uh, an Ishii, um, a uh, Minoru Suzuki, um, you know somebody of that ilk, yeah, Haruhi Goto, well. Uh, I, I, I miss that. I, I would have missed that a lot. That I don't think I see a future where he's going to ever go there. Um, so I think we've been robbed of a little bit of something special there. But it is what it is. He's performing well. He's being portrayed well. And he looks good there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, as I say, Daniel, like we said, you know me, I, I, I was quick to bury NXT UK. I thought this was a great show. One of... I don't know, I just, it wasn't like, it didn't have any, like, matches of the year contenders, but it was just a great two and a half hours of wrestling, and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it this afternoon. And it's not like me to not have really much to criticise on a review show. Well, no, no, it was it was really good. And as I say, it's a refreshing kind of show where you don't have to go too much into the storylines and the build-up and what have you, because there wasn't really much. So, yeah, yeah I was one of the kind of show I love to watch. And yeah, really, really, really enjoying it. Yeah, so if you're one of them listeners maybe wanting to hear us rant about something, maybe listen to the Royal Rumble review show on Tuesday. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd be surprised if nothing crops up there. <laughs> although, although I am, I, honestly, this is probably the most I've been excited for a WWE pay-per-view in quite a long time, really. But I suppose it's the Royal Rumble that goes without saying most years. But um, yeah, I think that's everything. Danny, is there anything else you want to touch on on Worlds Collide or... Should we take it no, home? No, no, that's that, that's me. I think I've said all I needed to say. Right, sorted then. So, as I said, check out the um, Royal Rumble preview show. Um, I did the WWE versus AEW podcast um, yesterday. That's up on our feed. We'll have this show up, obviously, and then join us on Tuesday, hopefully, for the Royal Rumble review show. I might do a quick little 20-minute recap tomorrow if I get a bit of time. But, yeah, 
Everyone, hope you have a good time watching the Royal Rumble. Subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, we're also at www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling. Support the SummerSlam dream. Um, and that's it, Danny. I'll uh, speak to you. Well, I won't be able to tell you about anything, will I? Because you're not watching till tomorrow night. But um, as soon as you finish watching the show tomorrow, we'll have a chat and see what we think. But yeah, Danny, I will speak to you on Tuesday. All right, see you later. And thank you for listening.